just totally rejecting the idea of it, just the, the question of it, because it, it can get frustrating. But here's some good news. And I'm going to say this again. That all sounded a little bit down. I'm going to tell you some good news. And you're going to hear me say it a lot. God has a plan for you. Not just some of you, each and every one of you. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God has a plan for you. If you think, well, I've come too far, I've done too many things, no, sir. God has a redemption plan for you. If you think, well, he can't use me because I've messed up so much in my life, Pastor Billy, nope. God has a plan for you. Each and every one of you. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or what your circumstances are. He has a plan for you. That I declare to you today. And that plan is perfect. Perfect. So dig a little deeper here. When we think of God's good plan, let's look at three categories that I want to sort of talk about today. It's personal. God's personal will, God's moral will, God's preordained will. So now, the first one, God's personal will. That's the one we're all most concerned with because it is it's personal. It, that's what we are all mainly concerned with. What's God's plan for me? And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. That's where God's plan for our life can be found. Now, sometimes I think, you know, it, it can be difficult to discover because it is personal. Sometimes we got to break down some stuff because it is so personal to get to that. And because it's personal, I just want to say this very quickly. I can't tell you what God's will is for your life. Did you know that? Did you know that Pastor Bill can't tell you what God's will is for your life? There might be words, of, uh, prophetic words that are spoken over you occasionally that might confirm things here and there, but no one, I'm just telling you, no one can tell you what God's will is for your life except that God. Except God. So how do we get the, the, the message from Him? Okay, so the personal will. Then there's the moral will of God. Now, the moral will of God is the things that are the do's and don'ts, the Ten Commandments, the teachings that we see in the writings of Paul and, and James and, and on and on, the, the teachings of Jesus, His instructions to us. That's, that's the, 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 the moral guidelines, I call it. And sometimes we don't consider it this way, but I'll tell you this. The moral guidelines that God has put in place is directly connected to you finding God's personal will for your life. It's directly connected to it. It's a, it plays a huge role. Then lastly, there's the preordained will of God. Now, the preordained will of God is the stuff that God does whether we like it or not. <laughs> he doesn't ask us our opinion. The creation of the world. The second coming of Jesus. The, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the ministry of Jesus. The virgin birth. That was preordained will of God. The, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The ascension that provided forgiveness for us. That's preordained. And there are other things like that. Now, before you fall asleep here, I'm not trying to give you this like seminary lecture or whatever, but it's important that I kind of get these things uh, established before we move. And here's why. God's personal will for your life that we all are looking for, high and low, we're trying to find. God's personal will for your life is inextricably connected to the moral will of God and the preordained will of God. It's connected and it cannot be separated. Okay? Connected. Say connected. Okay. We're going to say that again. We're going to talk about that more in, in the upcoming week.
things. Okay, so now, today we're going to start at looking at something that is the personal will of God through one of the heroes of the faith, Abraham. Now, Abraham's start, the way he started, what we're going to talk about today, is how we should start too. That's how we should start too. Now, every Israelite, every person knows in the Jewish scriptures, if you look back on it, uh, we know this too. God, uh, Abraham is the father of faith. He really is. He's, he was the, he was the, as, you, as the Jewish people look back on him like, he, he's, the, he's the man, Abraham. When they discuss God, it's always in the context of uh, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the first one is who? Abraham. And we learn of, of, of Abram, and he's known as Abram at this time. Abram, we, we, we learn of the lineage of Abram in, in Genesis 11. Okay, you can read that later. But suffice it to say, the lineage is important because it's uh, 14 generations from Abraham to King David. From King David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to Jesus, 14 generations. Main important thing we'll talk about again in a minute. There is a direct line from Abraham to Jesus. Okay? Just for those of you that wouldn't know, maybe many of you do know, but that is important to understand. Now, then in chapter 12, we see God give Abraham, Abram, his first instruction. And maybe we could call it where he starts to reveal God's personal plan for Abraham. So this is important because this is exactly what we want to. We want exactly what we're going to walk through here in a minute. We want that. We want God's personal plan for us revealed. We want clarity. We want clarity about the plan for our life. So Genesis 12.1 is where we're going to start here. It says this, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. Now we'll pause right there. There's another part of that verse. <laughs> How would you feel if that's what you were told? We all live here in Clay County. Most of us have thrown down roots here. This is our home. This is where we live. I'm not here quite yet. I will be soon. But, I mean, that you know, we're here. So if somebody says, Go from your country. They're not talking about a little movement. They're talking about picking up and going. Your people, your father's household. How would you feel if you were being told that by God? How would you feel about that? What would you think about that? Leaving your friends, your extended family. Leaving the country. We're not talking about moving from Fleming Island to Lake City. <laughs> we're talking about moving from here to Columbia. Or some other country. That's what that's the, the, the gravity of it. So now it goes on to say this. In verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. To the land I will show you. Now, <laughs> I'm, if I'm Abraham and I'm hearing that, I'm like, okay, and? And? The land I will show you, yes, where? What? Hang on a second. Let me hit the pause button. I want to make sure I rewind that and hear it again. God, what is it now? The land that I will show you. Where is that? What is it that you're talking about? Let me tell you, I don't know if any of you have ever had to move away from everything. I've had some moves in my life. I've moved from state to state. I one time moved from Miami, Florida to Los Angeles, California. And then at some point back again. That's about as long of a move as you can make, coast to coast, 3,000 miles. Let me tell you, when I left Miami... I knew where I was going. I had a forwarding address. I had the ability to hand a piece of paper with an 
a semi-truck with a bunch of stuff in it, and about a week later, he met me 3,000 miles across the country at that address. You know how he did that? Because I gave him good instructions. Because I knew where I was going. God's first instruction to Abraham was probably the worst directions ever. <laughs> God's personal will. Here it is for Abraham. Go to the land I will show you. Again, terrible directions. It's like Abraham said to Abraham, hey, just start walking. Just take a walk. Yeah, I know. Away from your friends and the people you know and everything you have and everything else. Just do it. Everything you know. I'm not telling you where to go. And as a Christ follower, we really want to know God's personal plan for our life. We believe He has a personal plan, and I believe if each of us are honest, we desperately, significantly, seriously want to know the plan. What's the plan? Give me the plan. We don't want the terrible instructions, do we? I want instructions like this. I want to put I want the GPS instructions. I want you to tell me, here's where I'm going, and I'm going to go. That's what I want to know. I want the GPS version. Give me the coordinates, not the terrible instructions that Abraham got. We want to know the plan. We want the GPS. God might as well have said something like, uh, think about this now, if you were, if this was way up here. Go to the job I will show you. What are you going to do? Go buy the house I will show you. How about this one? For all you young people in here. Well, maybe not young people, it's all right. Go date the person I will show you. Okay? Those aren't really good instructions, God. Now think of it like this. What if Abraham, and I'm just going to play like I'm Abraham here for a minute. How are you going to show me, God? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Um, look, look, okay. How will I get there? <laughs> oh, you will know. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Let me see if I can. Okay. How about this? Can you at least point me in the right direction, God? Abraham, don't worry about direction. I'm trying here. I'm trying. What, what, what do you mean? What do you want me to do? Just go. Thanks a lot. <laughs> do you have a GPS up there? I know this sounds crazy, but look, as crazy as this seems, as crazy as I'm talking, here's what's more crazy is what Abraham did. Verse 4, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, who was later Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, look, as crazy as what just we've been laying out here seemed, God uh, instructed Abraham, and Abraham followed God. 
that's what happened. He followed God's direction. Now, I would say to you, I believe, that every single one of us in here, that would be difficult for us, doing what it is that just was described there. If you're not one of those, raise your hand. Is there anybody here to be easy for to do that? Let me even ask it this way, and I'll put myself in that category. Is there anybody in here that would have done it? Is there anybody in here that would have done that? Be honest. I'm not asking you for a show of hands or anything else. If that was your instructions, would you have done what Abraham did? He went. So Abram went. I think it would be extreme. Now remember, Abraham at this time, you can't look at like how it is. A, well, yeah, of course he went. We, we know the whole story. We see how it ended for Abraham. He didn't know all that. He didn't know and have anything to lean on in terms of generational faith like we do. We can look back at the life of the ministry of Jesus. We can look at the writings of the Apostle Paul. We can look at the stories of the Old Testament. We can look at the story of Abraham. He didn't have that. He didn't have that generational faith to lean on. He didn't have, another thing is, what he did have is he had a good situation. Abraham, by the standards of the day, was wealthy. He had land, he had livestock, he had stuff. He was set up pretty well. He had a comfortable life, Abraham did. It's very clear. So he had that. He didn't have generational faith to draw on. So I think it was even harder for him to do. You see, a lot of us think, well, it was easy for him because we know how the whole story is. Look at that. No. I think it was harder for Abraham. I think it was more difficult for him to do that than it would be for us today. I really believe that. So, all of that in mind, though, he followed God's directions. Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Now, he didn't say again, now, okay, now, this is the land I was talking about. Remember when I said the land I will show you? Oh, by the way, this is not it. He didn't say it was or it wasn't. He just said, this land, I will give your offspring. So, he's still not 100% clear on Everything that's going on. He didn't say stop, but here's what was happening. From the time when it said in verse 4, Abram went. When he went from that time on, he was interacting with God. He was walking with God. He was hearing from Him. He was in obedience. He was taking steps. He was moving ahead. That's what was happening. And this is huge. I want you to really get this. Because something is happening between Abraham and God as they walk together. Verse 8. From there he went on toward the hills of Bethel, east of Bethel, and pitched his tent. And Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Again, Abraham is connecting with God. It's such an important part of what I'm trying to make sure that I hopefully communicate with you today. And now, if all of this stuff that went on with Abraham could, could, uh, could be any weirder, I'd say, than it is, that's where the story ends. The story ends right there, this part of the story. Now, it goes on in chapter 12 to talk about a famine that he fled to avoid a famine in Egypt. But that wasn't related to this. He ultimately came back to Negev. So now you have to admit all this is a little strange, but let me tell you, God is smart. How many people believe that? God knows what he's doing. And he doesn't do things by accident. There's not anything where he made a mistake and said, oops, I better fix that the next time. Everything is intentional. It's precise. He knows what he's doing. 
So when he said, the land I will show you, he didn't tell Abraham very much about it, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He had exactly the plan in mind. Now let me just put it this way again, just to sort of just try to put this in context. Wouldn't it have been easier for Abraham? <laughs> and, and the verse wound up reading like this. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the gap. That would have been great. That's GPS. I can get from point A to point B. We want things to be easier. Do we not? Do you want things to be easier or hard? Easier or hard? Of course we do. Nothing wrong with that. But we want clarity from God. We want details. Or at least God could have given Abraham maybe some instruction. Said to, maybe it could have read like this. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household toward Negev. Just, just start walking in that direction. Could have done that, didn't. Been nice if he did, but he didn't. Or anything would have been better than the instructions Abraham got. What about if it read like this? <laughs> go from your country, your people, and your father's household toward the west. When Abraham went, and verse 4 says Abram went, he didn't know if he was going north, south, east, or west. But it would have been nice even if he said, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly where, but just, just go west, young man. Didn't do that. So here's the real question I'm asking. Why would God be so vague with Abraham? Why? And I think if we can get some insight to this, it will help us in our individual, every one of you, our relationship with God. So God's personal plan for you. It's hard to figure it out at times. It's hard to do all this, and here's one of the reasons why. Because we, as people, are destination-focused. Do you agree with that? We're destination-focused. Look, when you get in the car in your driveway and you start driving, you usually have a destination in mind. I'm going to church this morning. I've got to go to work today. I'm going to go visit my friend. I'm going to go to the grocery store, wherever it is. I've got to go pick up my kids from school. We are wired to be destination-focused. That's the way we are. And, and again, that's why we want to know what God's will is, what His plan is. Tell me what the plan is right now, because I need the destination. I don't need the rest of it. I need the destination. So, what if God, think about this just as a question, or just a, a ponder, a, a point to ponder. What if God's personal plan his personal will with Abraham was just simply for him to take a providential walk with God. What if that was it? What if it was that it didn't even matter which way he started walking, north, south, east, or west? Stay with me here. It's hard to imagine this because we just want to know God's personal will right now. But here's the thing right here. God's personal will or plan for our lives is always, say always, connected, say connected, to something bigger. It's something bigger. So what if it didn't matter which way he started walking? What if his personal plan was for him to just, for Abraham to take this walk with him? What if your plan, what if the plan for you just begins with that walk? Think back just for a moment. We know, now we know, he didn't know, that God had a huge plan for Abraham. 
for his family, for his descendants. Abraham was going to be the father of the nation of Israel. Think about how big that is. Not only that, he was going to be the father of nations, in fact, not limited to Israel. The lineage, as I spoke about before, would eventually lead to Jesus. The covenant that Abraham had became a new covenant when it reached Jesus. And because of all of that, because of Abraham and that lineage and everything that happened, Jesus was the ultimate place where there was salvation, forgiveness of sin, and a new covenant. That all came that way. And let me tell you, God's covenant with you today, each of us, each of us, God's covenant with you started covenant he made with Abraham. Started there. And let me tell you this. If you want to write this down, write this down. Before God could do something through Abraham to make him the father of nations and everything that he did through him, which was mighty and powerful and is still revered today, before he could do something through Abraham, he needed to do something in Abraham. You're looking for your best life. We're getting on track now. God seems to be partial to this idea of taking a walk. And I think sometimes that we, you know, uh, Abraham, like Abraham, as he was walking through this time with God, this season, I I mean, he... he, uh, I think during that time, I've I've really tried to visualize this in my mind, prayed about it. I really believe during that time, that walk, that time, that they were connecting, say connecting, God and Abraham were connecting in a deeper relationship. At every stop, at every time that they pitched a tent, stayed overnight, every are are we there yet moment. You ever heard that from your kids? I hear it every time mine gets in the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Every are we there yet moment, God and Abraham were building a relationship that was getting deeper and deeper and closer and closer, and it was developing and it was developing. And let me tell you, like Abraham, God has a personal plan for you. Just like him. Well, Abraham, he's Abraham. No, he's got a plan for you, Carlos. He has a plan for you, just as perfect and designed as what he did for him, making him all those things. He has a plan for you, Kim. He's got a plan for you, Nelson. He's got a plan. I'm not Randy. He's got a plan for you, my friend. I promise you that. Just like Abraham, just because he's the giant of faith that he is, don't mistake it. Make sure you know God has a plan for you that's as perfect and as important as the plan he had for Abraham. Please understand that today. So, let's say this too again. If you want to discover God's personal plan for your life, this might be worth writing down. God's personal direction requires a personal connection. I want you to read that with me because of how this is the, this is the, this is important. God's, say it with me, God's personal direction requires a personal connection. 
So how can we, like Abraham, take a walk with God? Luckily, we're not going to be asked to do what he's asked to do. Leave everything. Leave our family. Rob, would you please come? Our team, we wrap up here. But there's a couple of steps. I want to go through these just real quick. First step. Like Abraham was in the beginning, some of us are sitting here now watching as Jesus is over here saying, come on. He's motioning to us. He's saying, come on and, 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 and get up. Come with me on this walk, on this journey. And some of you are looking at your life and thinking that, well, my life is good. Or maybe you think your life's okay, either one. I think sometimes it boils down to this. If you have what would be physical health and financial health, you consider yourself to be okay. At least, and maybe you can say, well, life is good. And you're not sure that if you go on this walk with God, with following Jesus, where is it going to lead? And so there's a real temptation, a very strong temptation. I don't care how long you've been following the Lord. There's a strong temptation to stay put. And I know that there's doubts. I know you have doubts. I know there's doubts in this whole thing. I want to talk about doubts for a second. Jesus knows you have doubts. And let me tell you this. You may not want to hear it. Jesus has no plans to remove all those doubts. He'll give you clarity. He'll lead you. The Holy Spirit will. But but he's not going to remove all the doubts. You're going to have questions. And you're not going to get all the answers. And that's okay. Let me tell you why. Because some people think, well, man, if if I doubt God, or if I'm doubting things, or I have questions, or I'm wondering, I don't have much faith. See, I reject that entirely. I reject that concept entirely. I think this. Doubt is required for faith. I'm serious. Yeah. Not for, I'm not saying for anything. I'm not telling you it's important. Doubt is required. If you had all the answers, you wouldn't need faith. God cares too much about your faith to remove all your doubt. God cares too much about your faith to remove all of your doubt. I'm not saying we'll remove some of it. But here's the first step. So the first step, one of the first things you got to do is simply follow. Remember what Jesus did when he was recruiting the disciples? What did he say? Follow me. He said a few other things sprinkled in there, but basically the main message of it all for Jesus was follow me. He didn't say it's going to be three months or three years. He didn't say you're going to see all these miracles and all this wonderful stuff. He didn't give them the destination. They didn't know where they were going. But what they knew is he said follow them and they followed. Abraham said I'm going to go. Even though I'm comfortable, I'm going to go.
So the next step after that is some of us are walking, but at times we're tempted to keep a little distance between us. To check out what's going on around us, but not get too close. Not get too close. And on that way, if you don't, if you're not willing to get too close and you're not willing to jump in the deep end, you're gonna walk, but somewhere you're gonna get tempted to just stop for a moment. You're gonna be tempted to start walking and stagnating. And I mean by that, you're going it's gonna just get a little harder to walk if you want to keep the distance. It's just gonna get a little more difficult. Some people will even be like, well, I've been walking, I've been following, but now I'm just I'm, I'm walking turn around and go walk back from where, from where they came. Like if Abraham decided he was going to turn around and walk back to Haran. But he didn't. You need to keep stepping towards Jesus. You have to do this. This is your best option to live your best life, to experience the fullness of all that God wants to do and give you your best life. It's connected, say connected, to how closely you walk with Jesus. I look at it like this. I gotta take that next step and I gotta keep stepping. And I look at it like I wanna be so close to Jesus that I gotta be careful that my shoe doesn't grab the hem of this garment. I wanna be that close. Have you ever given anybody a flat tire? You know what that is? You walk and step on the back of somebody's shoe and the shoe comes off. I want to be walking so close to Jesus. I want you, church, to be walking so close to him that as you walk, you gotta be careful not to give that sandal a flat tire. we need to walk. Keep taking the steps. You need to take the steps, and I'm going to tell you why. Because as long as we're stepping, it doesn't matter if they're big steps, okay, that's fine, or if they're little baby steps. But keep stepping! Because when you're stepping, you're walking. And here's the next thing, when you're walking, you're growing. You're growing in God. You're growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You're taking that step to that perfect plan, not accident plan perfect plan that God has for you. You're stepping towards your best life. So here it is. You know the rest of the story of Abraham. He took that step. He left that comfortable life. He went. God said, go. Like he said earlier, just go. And the scripture says, verse 4, Abram went. Didn't ask a bunch of questions. He went. And we know he didn't. We know the rest of the story. He became the father of many nations. God blessed his wife. You know this baby too. Sarah, or Sarah, she was not able to have a child. Because of Abraham's obedience, he gave him a child, Isaac. And boy, he taught us a lot through that too. God gave Abraham more than he could ever have imagined. Didn't know it at the time. That's what he did. Abraham is the champion of the Jewish faith. Every nation, the United States of America, every nation on this globe has been blessed through Abraham. But God couldn't do anything through Abraham until he did something in Abraham. All of that would have never happened, folks. Listen down. All of that would have never happened had Abraham settled for the comfortable life he had. It would have never happened if Abraham would have stayed put. 
God needed a deeper relationship. He had to take him on that walk to accomplish all that he accomplished through him. And look what he accomplished through him. Look what he gave him. More than he ever could have imagined because he went. And I'm telling you, I know, I know from personal experience, it's frustrating to to try that when we're discovering God's plan to just walk away from it or to try to get by on our own and figure out on ourselves. So look, consider this, and we'll tell you this as we close this. What if God has been revealing his plan to you the entire time, but because of the inability for you to hear it, you needed this? Say it with me again. God's personal direction requires a personal connection. And if you want to hear from God, you want to know what His perfect plan is, and it is not a marginal plan, it's a perfect plan, you want to know what that is, get into that deep connection. Take that walk with God. Follow Him so closely that you're right on His coattails. Get off the bench and get in the game. Don't stay put. Leave the comfort zone and move on. Because when you have that personal connection, He will give you that personal direction. It will happen. Clarity will come. Details will come. A GPS coordinate will be entered into your spirit, and you will know where to go because God will be leading you there. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, the part of the secret to discovering God's personal plan to find your best life is contained in that connection today. I encourage you, I pray for you, I ask you to take that walk today, to be in a place where he can speak to you, to seek that personal connection, to come closer and deeper and do that. And as you do, as he's doing something in you, he will do something through you. Stand with me, please. Praise God. How many people believe God has a best plan for you. If you do, give the Lord an applause for all that He is, for all that He's done, for all that He is doing, and all that He will do. He deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. And we thank you today, Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. And I'm just going to ask everybody to bow their head and close your eyes. Listen, we've had a lot of time here today. I know. This sets the stage for Next week, it's not going to be, I wanted to get this core thing that we understand and we're going to develop this more because there's more to this. Next week, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12. It's powerful. And I just want to pray with you today. And we are, as we always do, we're going to open up these altars. So as we sing this song, that God is so good. Anybody that needs prayer for anything, we just want to have a prayer because I want to have that connection. I want to have that connection. I want to to deepen that connection. I want you to just come here and we'll pray with you today if you feel led to do that. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. And as we sing this song today, I ask that people in their seat or at this altar would move according to the Spirit's leading in their heart. Let them be sensitive to what is being said in their spirit because they know if God is speaking and if you're 